bro bro what's up dude uh oh dude i don't have your mic plugged in Check. Yeah, it's on now. Freaking young Jamie. <laughs> no, that was my bad. I was doing some solo podcasting earlier. So, because uh, I've been trying to hit this five a week quota for two weeks now, and I'm yeah. on. So, but yeah, got got uh, Bear the comic uh, back in the studio. Good to see you again, dude. Your What's up, man? Beard's looking ferociously Viking. Yeah, I like you. Viking's an adjective when talking about a beard. Yeah, I've actually during the play I braided it into three Ooh. braids. And yeah, so, so you, yeah, Romeo and Juliet. You're, you're and yeah. what's your character? Gregory. What, what, so what's uh, what's your Gregory's backstory? Um, he is a Capulet, and he's kind of a thug, kind of a gangster. He likes to pick fights, and he sees somebody wearing blue. He just got to take him down, man. So is Romeo a Capulet or Romeo is a Montague? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we just talked about so ironically. Uh, this buddy of mine from high school who's actually had done some incredible shit since uh like he went off to uh grad school in california backpacked across europe so we did like a three-hour podcast and um <clears throat> we were uh talking about the romeo and juliet that they showed us in junior high that had yeah. like titties in it and uh we were just like in ninth grade being like oh is that the one oh with leonardo God. dicaprio no no this one's like one from like the 60s or something okay but there are titties. Yeah. And when you're in ninth grade and you see titties. Yeah. Even if they're titties from the 60s. That like. girls are also in at the same time. It makes it very yeah. racy. Anyway, so, yeah, dude. We were just riffing about Theo Vaughn before the podcast. I feel like we should give that dude a nod. Yeah, that was, if you haven't listened to his latest podcast with Joey Diaz, they tell some incredible stories on there. Stories of bits. Stories, definitely stories, <laughs> dude. I love how Joey Diaz always kind of like he's like because yeah. he is like a, he is a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. Like, but I never even thought until um, man, I just I, my awareness through following people like Theo Vaughn and talking to you on the last podcast and mm -hmm. just seeing what you're doing. But I've been man like uh, Bert Kreischer, all these different stand up comedies. Uh, comedians I've gotten into because most of them come on Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. or Joey Diaz's podcast and then I find out that though they also have podcasts and then so like I just found out about Theo Vaughn's podcast like 30 minutes ago yeah like um Joey Diaz was just talking about on his I believe it was with Dan Cummings but uh or Cummins yeah Cummins but uh he was talking about how comics that take it to the next level is when they learn how to tell a story. Because beforehand, you're doing one-liners, you're doing bits, you're doing things, but really that that is kind of a weakness because like you're getting out there and you're not really building anything. You're getting those quick jabs in, getting mm -hmm. the audience on your side, where it takes more balls and more guts to have to wait. And maybe a story that takes 15 minutes to get to a point. And so you've got a lot of silence in there and you got to face that crowd and just yeah. stand in it and it's 98 percent confidence have you been able to see any of brendan schwab stand up yet no i haven't found I any see i haven't me seen either. Any did we talk it. about that last time yeah i want to see it so bad brendan put it on the internet yes. fighter and the kid you watch fighter and the kid yeah see so i i kind of so i'm doing this podcasting master class you did uh the comedy master class and there are more comedy master class i forget who else there, there, i saw another one on there because i think 
I was telling you, I'm thinking about getting the whole uh, shebang for like yeah. 180 bucks. Yeah. Because there's um, the ones I think I could benefit from for podcasting would be like um, the film direction ones, just yeah. on that side. But like the one I'm taking out, the Adam Carolla has all this um, technology side to it, and mm -hmm. on like pretty much every episode, and that's super helpful. For, so like, uh, that's helping evolve the game. But um, they have a uh, technical writing um they have what else is there uh electronic mu music production yeah just all of these things that like for like doing like you wouldn't think but like one thing that makes adam kroll is a little different is like they have like this big board of sound effects mm -hmm. like external like what i was talking about uh, before we start recording with the computer how i'm trying to get stuff set up technologically it's just a slow drip but this first year you know like i just have a, like a monthly goal yeah. I'm up and rolling. People are listening. One of my one of my podcasts on YouTube got like um, 300 views. Very very meager, but uh, that's actually pretty good for a YouTube video. Yeah, it's more than anything just I've get it, for out. just getting up and going. Yeah. Have you like lived any of your stuff? I haven't lived anything. I've put up certain like I did a roast battle in Tulsa last night, and I took one of my big zingers from there and put it on my Instagram, just nice. because that's a joke that I'm probably never gonna have to use again. Or if I do, it'll be in a weird situation and so i don't mind it being out there because like once so what's a what's a roast battle a roast battle is a competition where this was held on by nick Osborne and nick burkett they did a roast called the nicks or dicks and they take like 12 comics and each one pairs off against each other in like doing roast style funny insults and you narrow it down to a one winner take all. So like an eight mile of stand up yes, comedy. That's exactly that's what it what is. I was just like my mind was racing. I and had amazing clarify. last night they had a couple. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Crashing on HBO. No, but it's a but show I about stand up comedy. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. It's I a oh, it's I an amazing HBO. show. It's got Pete Holmes as the main character, and he plays an open micer in New York. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for the last episode of the last season that just came out, but. There's a couple of comics that roast each other, so I got to see the live version of that last night, which was amazing. Oh, no. It was so funny. Uh, so, did, is it like, like tournament style? Yeah, tournament style. So, uh, I went up against a guy named Darren Ebacher, who I'd never met before. Um, and then, once I got past him, I went up against the guy who won another round. And so, just a tournament bracket. How do they determine the winner? I mean, there's three judges, and the judges will, if they're kind of on the fence, they'll get a response from the crowd. But um, you ever seen the movie Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and yeah. Owen Wilson? Yeah. Where like uh, he's like, no, 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 I didn't lose. He's on coke, yeah. and uh, yeah. like he doesn't know he's on coke. That is so funny. I want to say we'd like maybe uh, some, uh, me and someone else talked about that exact one, the funky disco truck driver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but we did that, and I made it through the first two rounds and then lost to a dude that was so funny that he just goes, I'm not going to roast you, and starts roasting the last guy that he was roasted and continued. And oh, I was man. trying to roast him while he just kept doing that, and so I just got smashed. It was amazing to see. It was a beautiful. experience. No yeah. Doubt. Yeah, I mean, so so you're out doing stuff like that all the time right mm -hmm. i mean as much as i can how much how much comedy do you feel like you've done live since i saw you last on the podcast it's only been like six weeks or something right yeah 
a lot. I've, I've been done. seeing you do so much. I'm like, well, shit, let's have him like yeah. already. Just come back. Which you were like, what, my third guest, and now we're the third or fourth episode, yeah. episode sixteen, I think. So, Heck yeah, dude. but I've done like ten MMA shows. Yeah. I've done a whole bunch of other podcasts on the side, music podcasts and different things. So, yeah. Uh, but I've been following you on uh, social, and uh, I'm not in the house anymore. I got out of my house. Really? Yeah. I so my lease was up and I was trying to find another place and everything was more than I wanted to pay for. And I got a tent for my truck for Christmas and I was like, Screw it, I'll live in my truck and I'll just like stay on friends' houses, do comedy, finish school and that was my plan. And then my dad heard that that was my plan, he goes, Just stay in my camper. So oh. I sold and got rid of most of my stuff and now I'm in a camper so that I can be mobile. Dude, I was listening to Ralphie May. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if, if you and I talked about this, but Ralphie May is from the, my same hometown. Uh, the Queen? Clarksville. So he's a, so like his mom lives in Clarksville. Yeah. He is buried in, uh, I had a guest on for this uh, Maynard James Keenan episode where like all we talked about was Maynard and Tool and Pussifer and the Perfect Circle. But yeah. uh, where he lives at in Clarksville, which um, he, I used to go there to like watch their band practice and jam with them and stuff. Um like right across Ralphie May buried in that cemetery. His grandma wow. and, and mom. I think his grandma's passed away, and I think his mom has cancer or something. Yeah. But um, but he was on Joey Diaz's podcast. Was talking about like driving through like Texas or somewhere and pulling over and sleeping in the back of his truck. Yeah. And like getting snowed on. So, yeah, this is the the life of an up and comer. Yeah, that's uh, it was one of those situations where I was like, I don't need any of this stuff, and if I'm gonna seriously give it a shot like i gotta start getting rid of stuff because i couldn't afford to take it all with me yeah so you're just on the road like every weekend and every weekend that i can be so what i'll do is during the week i go to every open mic that i can it what it's affordable for me at the time because i'm driving from russellville to little rock most of the time and then from there make connections with people and that are putting on other shows and then they'll pay you to come to those shows and right now i'm booked through april so. Nice, nice. So, what what does a like a up and coming comic get paid at a show right now? Like um, hundred bucks? Like to no. cover your trip? The, Most like of the free time, beer. Yeah. So I've done for free food and drinks. I've done which turned out to be like a cheeseburger in one shot, and then I've done it for twenty bucks. I mean, some like places will pay you more depending on what the show is. But and sometimes I've done it on IOU, like we'll but, take care of you next time. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I'm so new to the game. I'm just trying to cut You're my teeth. To get your name out there, yeah. And it's not even about that. It's about getting in front of different crowds, and it's about of getting the experience of okay, what is a crowd that just got off work on Friday has been drinking and like doesn't want to hear you? They're do, there to do karaoke, like they're. This is their one escape, and then you're interrupting, and you're now all of a sudden you're asking them to be quiet so you can do comedy, and they're like, fuck off. And so like getting that experience and being able to be confident in that and learn how to handle a room like that, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's uh, have, you, have you been to any like major metro areas like uh, Dallas or Houston or Austin? Yeah, I've done Hyenas in Dallas. I did their open mic. I haven't, I haven't been booked at Hyenas, but I've done their open mic. And uh, I've been to Houston. I walked, I went to Rogan's stand up in Houston. Oh, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, was that since I saw you last? Yes. Oh wow, dude, dude it jelly. Awesome. It was amazing. Well, see, I like. I've heard that Houston was is still 
like a major hearth for comedians. Yeah. So that's where I think um, Kennison told Ralphie May to move to. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. But There's a guy at the joint right now in Little Rock that worked with uh, Bill Hicks in Houston. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You should go be Paulie Shore's intern. I wish. There's, I read online about it. There's a funny story about a guy who says he was Paulie Shore's intern. I don't know if he really was, but yeah. it's a hilarious story. And then there's that story about Paulie Shore and the actual physical proof of Paulie Shore being for a very brief amount of time on Joey Diaz's church of what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> Until he ate those stars of death. I didn't see that one. Oh man, he like he they had to stop it. Oh really? Like fifteen minutes in, <laughs> dude. I've been showing people this. Have you seen uh, Lee Syatt on Stars of Death, Mm-mm. where he's like, "Oh, dude, we gotta throw that shit up on the TV right okay. now, dude." Yes, yeah. So do. like Lee Syatt's the producer of Church of What's Happening Now, and uh, so these um, there's these gummy- the Christ killer. <laughs> <laughs> there's these gummy bears that. Um, Joey Diaz is famous for having on the table in his studio. Uh, like th- when I type in Lee Syatt's name, the second result is <laughs> Lee Syatt stars of death. But uh, and there's multiple videos too, but this one I think is the best one. It says Lee Syatt in outer space. You know Lee's doing stand up now. Really? Yeah, and apparently like he's, he's so, pretty good. He's so fun, dude. I mean, how could you not? I mean, basically I he's Joey Diaz's apprentice. Watch this shit, dude. They're like they're listening <laughs> to music and he's just zoning, dude. Watch this dude starts playing air drums over here. They're listening to some music. And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, that music is so good in my ear. I gotta put these headphones on a little more." Look, he left the camera on him. I know, dude. I... <laughs> what is it like to be in a room like that? Oh with Joey my Diaz? god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. There's like there's three other people just having a conversation. He's like, I can't exist right now. Dude, I've got a story that I do about being in Colorado. And uh, I went up there for the first time with the girl I was dating and her family. And so I met her parents <coughs> when I was about 500 milligrams in. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, 500 milligrams is a no joke, dude. That yeah, I'd never eaten edibles coma, before. But you comatose. Yeah. And and paranoid. You know, it's like here's the thing about um cannabis marijuanicus uh is that it it can and will in its various forms give you panic attacks. Yeah. That's like so when like Pete like just think about it as extreme paranoia, I guess. Like I've never had any panic attacks. But that is a common thing I hear. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Uh, I've like heard and known people and seen people have panic attacks, and it's just like, oh, especially I, uh, like dabbing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I've never done anything dabbing like that. But any time that I would have allegedly experienced it, I would. Uh, it's kind of like you can tell that you're getting worked up over something. You can tell. And then I know that that's a danger, so I calm myself down. And I'm like, I've never, like, I mean, I've never felt paranoid, just like, got to go look out the window type. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I've never, nothing like that. But like, I just like a different paranoia, I think, Yeah, people say paranoid. Well, like, with other psychedelic substances, like, it, um, I have had good experiences and bad experiences, but the bad experiences were still fun and still a good thing. It's like, you know how when you go to a scary movie and you get scared, but you know you're in a movie, so you have fun? 
Some people, you know, what's what's mind blowing to me is some people lack the ability. Like I've never really, I've never, really, I don't think I've ever had a panic attack. Yeah. So like I can empathize because like I've um, learned more about people that do, and like I said, seen it happen. And it's it's interesting to me, but like so some people can't just be like, oh, okay, my heart is racing because I just did this, and that makes your heart race, right? And that's normal. Yeah, like they're like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying right now, and then they start freaking out even worse. And and like that's uh, I was I, I was talking with somebody the other day about um, someone getting arrested at a widespread panic concert, and I think they were on acid or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that run acid, but uh, they were just, they were getting arrested. They didn't, I don't even think they had drugs on them, but for whatever reason they were getting arrested. Like maybe the, they saw him like d- smoking weed in the crowd. I don't know, but they like pulled him out of the crowd to arrest them. And they like had a panic attack at that instance. Cause they were on mm-hmm. drugs, acid, whatever, and smoking weed probably. I don't know. And they had a panic attack and died while they were being arrested. Whoa. Moment of silence. Yeah. Pretty heavy. See, it's hard for me to, uh, it's hard for me to see something like that and not just be immediately judgmental. Like you're being a pansy. Like, like. But yeah, I, I, I have that friends way too. Yeah, and then I, I could empathize, just I, like with opiates. I couldn't empathize for a long time, and now I can. Right. Well, I just made a friend through the theater department because I started getting into acting. That hears tornado sirens at noon on Wednesday every week, and like starts literally going into a, a panic attack, get real sweaty and start to faint and she knows it's coming and like just she hears those sirens and done. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, um I would t- I like actually so the other night, um I, I briefly talked about this yesterday with my guest, but the other night I t- I went out and I had dinner. It was after a long day and I didn't feel like I was dehydrated, but I had, I think, like three beers and a shot of Patron. Mm-hmm. And um, came, came back home, and then like a couple hours later, um, I, felt I was like crashing out on the couch, and I went to bed, and I fell asleep for maybe like 40 minutes or something, and I woke up, and I, I don't know if like I got like bundled up in the blanket or... Like, I was dehydrated or whatever, but I woke yeah. up and I felt kind of like, I was like, man, am I going to throw up? Like, I like I didn't have enough alcohol with dinner mm-hmm. and wasn't dehydrated. Like, I'd had enough. I was, so I was like, no, okay, I've had enough water today. But I felt, I felt a little panicky. I was like, kind of like a little short of breath in a way. But like, that's probably literally the only time I've ever felt that way. And it was like, that, like Saturday, uh, Friday night. Yeah. It was after open mat and everything. But, too, I've been feeling like maybe I got an upper respiratory infection coming on in hindsight. Like, I felt that way the last couple of times I rolled. Yeah. So, like, right, just, like, right here in my chest when I when I get, like, to breathing heavily from, like, when my lungs are getting warmed up. It's amazing how athletes can be so in tune with their body that you can feel a respiratory infection like that. Did you ever meet Mr. Dean? Um, older gentleman? Yeah, he, judo. Uh, judo yes. yes. Yeah. So, he... Um, like I'm talking like his heart rate changes a bit. He's just like, what's really? going on here? You know, I mean, and he is in control. Like one time he said, um, so this guy is out there. He is um, former Special Forces, Vietnam era, but was a South American uh, group. But he can put his um, thumb through a can 
I've seen him do this like dozens of times, but like an empty cola can, mm-hmm. right? He holds it and he's just like, <laughs> like pokes a, a hole in it without bending it. And oh, he's crazy. Yeah. And you want to see, know something crazier? Uh, I got a buddy that I believe he had cirrhosis, so he's quit drinking. But before, when he was drinking, he was drinking all the time and got so good at shotgunning beers, he would use both thumbs and just and shotgun it. No, not use a key or nothing to open it. Just never cut his thumb, never anything. Just punch a straight hole through it and then throw it up. Interesting. I've seen I've seen people open beers that way. I've never seen anyone do it on an empty can. Yeah. That's the impressive part is not denting the empty can. Right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Like I, yeah, because whatever's inside is pushing back against it. So, he so apparently one time he had some sort of like a maybe a blood infection or like a bacterial infection of some kind that was like had jacked his heart up. Yeah, and he was in the hospital. So like he can like he's in real, he can control his heart rate. Um, and he was explaining to me um, that like he had to go to the hospital and got on a monitor, and they're like, yeah, your heart rate's really high. We don't know, hundred percent what's going on. But, um, and he was like, oh, okay. And just started like sort of focusing on his breathing slash focusing on his heart rate and physically lowered his heart rate down. And they were like, okay, well now we're just going to keep you monitored. And, uh, but he said like, that was like, he, he, he knew he could lower his heart rate at that time. Cause I think he was probably in his fifties at that yeah. time. So, like, he knew he could lower his heart rate, but he had never, you know... Just straight ninja it. shit. Can you imagine that, being that nurse? I mean, well, I think his nurse was the... Uh, the nurse was his wife, ironically, oh, okay. too. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other people, doctor and whatnot. But, um, I mean, I, I, that's not... Uh, th- I mean, I get fighters to do that, but just, like, not on command. And, like, I mean... Yeah, is that just common and I'm unfamiliar with it? Because... Yes and no. Um, on that level, it's... It's uncommon, I think, uh, but like you ever, you ever like be super out of breath and you finally like, <sighs> like you catch your breath, you know, and you're like, then like your heart rate's a little slower. Yeah. Like that's, um, and that might be bro science. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if your heart yeah. rate's slower. I Dude, just I'm like, so I notice a physiological change. Um, but I think that, um, you know, m- most athletes have a lower a lower heart rate and yeah. across the line like when they're in peak physical activity and when they're at rest and i think that um controlling it is a thing i think hicks and gracie can control his heart rate um i was telling somebody about hickson's breathing earlier oh my goodness. crazy dude which they say that might be what uh fucked his back up really yeah because like so one thing like i've been doing a little bit of yoga um I have not been able to get to as many practices in recent weeks because I'm, like, pretty occupied with making history exams and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Man, I've not changed the format of my exam because there's so much to grade. Just every time I have to grade one, I'm like, maybe I should do all multiple choice <laughs> and run it through the Scantron. Yeah. But it's like it's like multiple choice IDs, fill in the blank, and an essay. I'm an asshole. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Now you have to grade it, though. Yeah. Well, I've been super busy, so I haven't been Just able get to a practice TA. as much yoga. I need one, but it's a community college, bro. Oh, yeah. I am a TA. Yeah, I got you. That's <laughs> what my professors do. They're like, I don't want to grade this shit Oh, here. yeah, dude, I was that guy. I worked at the university yeah. uh, for, for such a long time. So, 
Do you feel like you're getting into acting? That sidebar, like yeah, you, I um. Are you gonna stay on and take more classes? Yeah, I'm definitely taking text acting class in the fall. Do they have a graduate program? I don't know. I can ask. You should, dude, because I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now at Arkansas Tech on that level, you could get in on a GA program, um, and they would pay you to be and pay your tuition both. Really? Um, that's what I did. Yeah. You know, um. I didn't get a ton of money as a GA, but I got my stuff paid for, and I got paid like a stipend, like it was like five hundred dollars a month or something. Yeah, like an hourly, and I work like twenty hours a week. But yeah, I just That'd I was cool. a bullshit errand boy most of the time. Yeah, I want to like, I got into acting just because I know that once I move from Arkansas and move to a comedy city, most likely I'm gonna have to have other skills in the toolbox to use yeah. to make sure that, you know, I can pay the bills and stuff. And it helps me with my stage presence, helps me with my confidence and helps me learn how to tell stories. If you end up going to California, yeah. I have a couple of friends who might could, I mean, I'm sure you got all your own contacts and shit, but if you go yeah. to Southern California, I guarantee you my buddy Jack knows some people that he could put you in contact with. And also um, my buddy Sandy that moved here from California was in the film business. I don't know if you watched. He was on the podcast. Michael Sandow. Mm -mm, I didn't see it. A.K.A. Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew. I don't know so, who that is. Yeah, he worked. He worked on a film with Maynard. Yeah. We want to see a perfect circle. I'm very excited. What is a perfect circle? It's a... It's a... Uh, it's, it's, uh, super group of a band that um has Maynard James Keenan in it. Okay. Lead singer of Tool, lead singer of another band called Pussifer, three bands total. And um a Perfect Circle hasn't had an album out in like thirteen years and they have an album out coming out on my birthday, April twentieth. And they have uh two singles out, super sick. Um I'll play it while we're on the podcast. Yeah, listen to let's listen to it. But uh so here's um this is totally, um, I, I'm like trying to vibe it into existence, but um, I want to, uh, when I'm, go I saw, I, I posted that I was going to see him and then my buddy Jack um, called me and was like, hey, you know, I know this guy. Maybe uh, we can get you set up to do, because uh, he likes to do jujitsu uh, apparently yeah. before he trains. So I'm, I might have a chance to... Um, Get to work with Maynard a little bit. That'll be awesome. Have you seen the fan incident where he throwed, uh, threw, throwed, threw, where he threw that dude down on the ground, choked him? No, I didn't. I will watch that next. Bro. Okay. Yeah, but uh, so this Still is this, this is this crazy. As I use my cell phone, this is this crazy uh, anti. So I don't know if anti is the word, but an awareness raising thing about um, cell phone usage. I guess I don't know. But yeah, uh, Maynard is a super crazy personality. He has this wine documentary out, and I yeah. just saw a trailer for it, and I, I want to see it super bad. Okay, because he's he the guy that goes wine on. in Arizona. He's been on yeah. Joe Rogan's like right. three times, I think. Right. So, yeah, this is called Disillusioned. It's, um, let's see, this is up on, it's a Vivo video for uh, audience members is what we're listening to in the background. Yeah. I'm about to get this set up to where music and stuff we do i can put i could put this on the audio only 
uh, podcast. Yeah, not I was wondering how it. does that work. I just with don't. The... I just haven't been doing it. I just need to get. I need to reroute a bunch of my cables. I'm getting like some under the table networking for the table. Yeah, so, uh, like for cords and stuff like that. So we have all these cords underneath us. It's how does it work with playing music for copyright issues? Like, are you running into any problems well, with that? Not, uh, apparently, on audio platforms, you don't. Okay, but on video platforms, you do. Like YouTube has really stringent copyright laws, but yeah. like a bunch of podcasts I listen to the audio version. So like so like, um, there's Joe Rogan episode for example. They listened to a, um, like an Almond Brothers song yeah. at the beginning of the podcast, and like when you listen to that on um, like the download or mm-hmm. the Apple Podcast app, bam. Yeah. So too check this out. So I didn't know this since I got accepted to. Um, they picked me up on Spotify. Yeah. So I, I submitted to Spotify, and like four or five weeks later, they're like, okay. And then through getting on Spotify, I got on like three other platforms. I don't even know. I have to look them up because I don't know. Yeah. Um, Player FM, Listen Notes, and Castrex. Castrex sounds weird, dude. I'm not it does. I like. I, I yeah. like it when they like put. It's put like the, the farmers word, only. Yeah, I like when they put the uh, the word pod in there, and I see what they did with that cast. Yeah. But Castrex. Yeah. That's funny. Dude, that's a pretty freaking good voice for like a 53-year-old man. Yeah. So we're seeing them live in Dallas um, at this music festival. That'll be fun. I yeah. love Dallas. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, first time I went there was uh, a stressful experience just because uh, just driving was insane. Yeah. Uh, and like for your first time being there, I had like a carload of people with me too. It was wild. Have like, you ever eaten at Yolk in Dallas? No. We, we went to Tony Hinchcliffe's podcast in The Kill Tony. In yeah. Dallas, and it was really funny because I saw Red Band and Tony coming into Hyenas, and like I said, oh, I had wow. already done an open mic there, so I, I was familiar with the area, and no, none of the other Little Rock comics were, so I was kind of showing them around, and we got there early, and I saw Tony and Red Band coming up, and for some reason, I just fangirled. I was like, oh my God, I, I'll see you tonight. I'll the comic. Yeah. And they were like, Jesus Christ, and just walked away. Didn't It didn't acknowledge me at all, but then afterwards, we talked to him and stuff, and it was cool. That's funny. But yeah. What does Brian Redband do now? Um, I know he's doing stand up and does the Kill Tony podcast. Like that thing's Where going is his pretty stu- good. His studio is in it's in Dallas? No, that's it's in LA. They usually do it at the comedy store, but they were just on the road cuz Tony Hinchcliffe and Redband were doing a gig at Hyenas yeah. at the comedy club. Man, freaking Brendan sure. Schwab needs to put out some of his stuff. I want to see it. Yeah. I just like I'm going to do a search right now. That's uh, what uh, all my friends tell me, too. But the reason why I'm not is because I have stuff that's funny now, but I'm not done working on it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, like you said, you put out your deal on Instagram. Yeah. I, I, that seems like a really good idea. I put out some, and like I said, once I've got something that I don't ever do it that way anymore, then I'll put it up there. And I've got a bit, a part of a bit up right now that, I'm still doing and have changed it, and I kind of regret it because it's like, oh, everyone seeing this version of it isn't getting the real funny version because now it's funnier, and that's the big problem. Yeah, you're evolving your game a lot right now. Yeah, just I mean, you just uh, just like revising through writing or yeah. performance or both or mostly writing, um, just because I can't get to Little Rock enough as much as somebody that lives there. So wh- who, if you live there, some weeks you can get up four or five times in a week. Me, I have to get up maybe one twice a week 
Yeah. And some weeks I'll you know I'll go three or four, but mostly it's once or twice. So most of my writing and my work is I'll go perform, video record it, come back, watch it, take notes. Take notes like, okay, this needs to be cleaned up. This, there's nothing funny here. I'm wasting time here. Do stuff like that. And then when I'm just writing, like today before I came here, I went, I was at that park over there right down the road from you. And uh, it was just, I was trying to brainstorm new ideas. And then when I get into a writer's block and I can't brainstorm any new ideas, I just look through everything that I've already written. And then I try to make it funnier or I'll take a joke that works really, really well and try to change the punchline just to try to find something else that works just to make myself better. How long have you been writing comedy? Since July 6th. Oh, I t- wow. And I I started doing it insanely on New Year's. It's my only New Year's resolution that I write every day. So, hey, so on that note, there's a podcast. It's only like 54 minutes or an hour and seven minutes or yeah. some some small amount of time in your life. But this dude's a writer. Okay. And um, he is his name is Eli Craner, and he writes every day. Yeah. And I've I've gotten to that level. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Is setting time aside a certain amount of time each day. You're going to write for this amount of time. That that seems to be the key. I'm not. I mean, I'm not any strict regimen like that. But mm-hmm. I do write every day, whether it's um, class plans for the gym or lecture notes or my own research projects or stuff I'm wanting to do for podcasts or just taking notes on my own. Like I'm constantly. But um, I've thought several times about, like, here's going to be my regimented process where I write things for one hour every day. Well, you see, what I've tried to do with my writing is, and right now, 99% of what I write down is garbage. And then at 1%, it's like, okay, I can do something with that. And you extract, you yeah. extrapolate that 1%. Right. But what I try to do is imagine if you took somebody like a Tyron Woodley or a LeBron James or just, like, a top-level athlete put how much work they put into whatever sport they're doing what do you think? i'm trying to put that into comedy and have that same mindset of every day i work every day i go and every day it's like when i go hang out with my friends now like i'm, I'm going to relax and have fun like i'm not caught up in it too much and i'm not living life but at the same time i'm also knowing that hey i'm looking for ideas i'm looking for stories what are people laughing at what are what what are people think's funny and then try to say what do i think about what think people think's funny yeah, you got to constantly be, like, finding themes, mm-hmm. like universal themes. So, uh, okay, so th- this is the Maynard fan incident. He throws the guy that comes <laughs> up on stage. So he acts like he's going to hug the guy, then throws him uh, with it a hip toss. takes his back. Yeah. It takes his back. He's choking him. It's called the fan incident on YouTube. It was my stage. Yeah, he's like, oh, give me a hug, guy. And then he underhooks Yeah, it goes for That's double r- unders. Yeah, it's really more of a tie toshi than a hip, though, if we're going to be technical about the judo aspect. It's like an underhook tie toshi. Yeah. Body drop. But, yeah, so uh, Maynard's a Hickson guy. Yeah. And, like, he's finished. He never breaks a lick singing the song. Is he still singing right now? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll find <laughs> one. So, on this video... Um, He's uh, uh, they're commenting. uh, Joe Rogan's commenting on it. That was just uh, so. Yeah, he's singing "Push It." You ever heard "Push It" by Tool? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this. Maynard's wearing like a freaking pair of boxer shorts. 
Yeah, just boxers, no shirt. Yeah, I wonder if he got like a like a power boner while he was choking the dude. Dude, I'm wearing leggings for this play, and I hadn't slept. And for some reason, when I don't sleep, I get like weird like natural boners right before I go on stage for high school. This is like children in the audience. And it's Shakespeare, so naturally during the first scene, there's a part where I have to grab myself in tights. And so it's you know, interesting. It was, it was terrifying. Look at Maynard back when he's like freaking slurking around up there. Look at that. Look how he did. You see how he went all the way back like that, like a pistol squat. But look, yeah. he's he's still standing. Yeah, he's not sitting down. Look how far back he can not rock, out of breath man. At all. Just that he, oh my god. The amount of physical exertion that that is. How's he doing? I guess he's using his mic stand as like a counterbalance. But that's crazy. He's essentially doing pistol squats. And from like a, a split stance, dude, Maynard. You know is, how bad you have to be to throw somebody, choke them, and not miss a. Dude, we're about to see him just not even miss a beat on it. This is like a four-minute video. Tools apparently um, recording their new album like yeah. right now. So uh, they haven't had a new album since I graduated high school. Yeah, six. I thought my grandpa was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maynard is like I think he's fifty three. Yeah. So I mean he could definitely be my dad. Yeah. I think he's my crazy hippie uncle though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's in this he's in a another dimension up there, like when he does his thing. On stage you get in those zones. It's it's rare from an open micer, but you get in that zone where you're just you it's a vibe. Like, it's super hippie, super... So that, that's where that dude that roasted you is probably... Yeah, looking. just... You can just ride it. And then it's like, it doesn't even matter what you say. You just... You can feel it. And you feel the timing, and you feel when to say. Because a lot of it's not what you say, it's when and how. And you just get people rolling. Yeah, timing. I'm sure, like, everything has a time to it, you know? Like, people say, like, time with time's a man invented, invented thing by a man-made concept. Yeah. Yes, but, like, time is... T everything has a timing. Jiu-Jitsu has a timing. Striking has a timing. A rhythm. That's right. a better way to maybe describe it. Like, I'm sure your, your routines have, like, a, a rhythm mm -hmm. to them. And it has a rhythm with different people and you may not be consciously changing I, it. Know, I it's just up you on feel that it. in like, the classroom. Yeah. And, and when I'm teaching jujitsu too, or anything. So he just tosses the dude, takes his back, sets the hooks and then gets the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty good video. Pretty good quality. Look at this dude. Yes. Yes. Choke me, Maynard. Yeah. Not going to lie. Worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying, advocating this, but totally I'm worth it. I'm trying to see if Maynard has his feet crossed. He, Maynard's a blue belt in this video. Yeah. So uh, he's a purple belt now. It looked like he was trying to go for a body triangle, but didn't quite have it. So it was a myth that circulated when um, this happened that Maynard was a black belt. So oh, yeah. for like the longest time, I thought and told people he was a black belt under yeah. Nixon, but he's a, he was a blue belt at the time mm -hmm. and became a... Um, uh, became a, a purple belt just like within the last 18 months since Hickson's been back. Yeah. So, yeah, go Maynard. Very cool. Yeah, we did a music un unraveled where we just kind of talked about a bunch of uh, Maynard stuff. Uh, I'm going to watch that wine documentary, uh, and I may do a review over that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you like wine? Is that something that interests you? Nah, not really. Like, I'm not like, I don't like want to be a winemaker yeah, or a grape either. stepper. 
or do they do grape steppers have a name? I don't know. Like Poor? what is someone who steps on grapes? Somebody that couldn't get a better job. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Insert uh, a peasant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's a see. there's a Memphis comic that has a bit about wine tasting that is very funny. I wish I remembered his name, but when Kevin Hart did his uh, taping of Heart of the City in Memphis, I got to go to that. And one of the Memphis comics. I don't think he was. I don't think this comic was performing for the heart of the city. Sh- I think he was the warm-up guy for the crowd or the host or the yeah. opener or something like that. Um, I he was really funny, though. He was really, really good. It's called Piggish. Piggish. That's the Grape line. stomping, also known uh, as Piggish. Piggies. They're calling them Piggies. Stomp the grapes, Piggies. Piggiaggi. Is it France? Yeah. French? I think it's probably Italian. Italian. Right? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Piggish. Traditional method used in winemaking, history, um, Roman uh, Roman Empire. Definitely know. Italian. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not a big wine drinker, but I do uh I had some on the podcast when we did the fight campaign. We did our first fight campaign the other night. Yeah. So I had some then. Um For which fight? Uh UFC two twenty two. Frankie oh Edgar, rest it. in peace. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I got you, dog. You see yes. Pass. T-City. I watched yeah, all uh, the since highlights I, Since stuff, I pay-per-viewed it on Fight Pass, I, it should just be, uh, I have eternal access to it before. Yeah. So it doesn't black me out or anything. That's as awesome. As far as I know. Um, um, yeah, my dad, he, uh, I, way dad, too many interests. Do, you, do your family live here? No, they in live nearby? in South Arkansas. Okay. And uh, for my birthday, deep my, south. Yeah. For my birthday, my dad he uh, got me tickets to the PBR because I love rodeo. I did rodeo in high school and stuff. Really? And so, yeah. You should joke about that shit. Yeah, I've tried. I just. You my problem is I'm so proud of it and I'm so happy about it that I can't get on stage <laughs> and be like, "Look how badass I am!" Because nobody like that just makes me seem like an arrogant prick. But that's how I feel about it because I'm like, Phil, look how badass. Well, I mean, you sh- y- if you took the same approach that I would take and make fun of you for being a cowboy, yeah, <laughs> you that, know that what I'm funny. saying? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm just like picturing you in like some like, assless chaps, like yeah. got goat roping or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> with your big Viking beard. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there's pictures on Facebook of me rodeo. But anyway, I was at the PBR for my birthday, and UFC two twenty two was that weekend, and I was. Like trying to tell my dad, like, "Hey, can I leave the PBR early to go watch this fight?" But that would be rude. I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm trying to find. You know, Brian Caraway fought on this card and lost. And him and Misha Tate broke up. I did not know him and Misha Tate broke no. up. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, that Sean O'Malley fight was super dope. Uh, okay. Um, I'm not gonna lie. The dude in me is so happy about that. Misha Tate is a dime. You know, I kind of think that her nose is weird. Well, I mean, she's been getting punched in the nose. For well, not just that. Before a lot of that happened, it kind of looks like she's sniffing something. It's kind of... <laughs> like, like always smelling popcorn in the distance. Or farts. Or farts, yeah. Like, See, that's the trick is you tell somebody, do you smell popcorn? And then they, oh, and then they smell your fart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like the third grade trick. Dude, something is good. Fight Pass is kind of being um, weird right now 
because I paid $64. They rose, raised the price. And I should still be able to. I'm, okay, okay, wait, wait. Exclusive. Prelims, wait, that. Main card watch. You're almost there. Your purchase is not linked to your account. Okay, we're working on this over here. I don't know why that's uh maybe they put it in like a thirty day, but it still says I can watch it, but it's being it's being weird. Link the purchase is already linked to another account online. That's the only account I have. Okay, it's being a little weird. Yeah. Um, but um let's see if I can find it on YouTube. We would never watch a UFC fight on YouTube. No. Of course Definitely not. not. Frankie Edgar versus Ortega. Yeah, it was pretty fast. Um, pretty fast little knockout. Did you see the highlights? Mm -hmm. We're going to try a whole fight. Did, um, did you hear about the guy? And we, we may have talked about this when you were on last time, but there was mm -hmm. a guy that um, he acted like he was playing a video game and he was streaming the fight. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> and he's like playing them while they're fighting. Yeah, um, yeah, so freaking crazy. What like on Twitch like? or something. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, man. Okay, full fight. No, that's Cub Swanson Ortega. Yeah, I don't know why that's not playing on my fight pass right now. That's a that's a major downer. Because uh, I've been wanting to rewatch those a uh, couple of the fights off the card. Mm -hmm. Here's some highlights. Uh, this um, pretty sure this may Foxes actually be show, show stills. this may actually be uh, the whole fight. Okay. Yeah, from uh, from, from an overhead view. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Brian Ortega is awesome. T City baby, yeah. Um, I did not think that he would finish Frank Edgar's strikes. I thought he might get submit him. Yeah. But uh he uh he came out and just freaking starched him, dude. Remarkable. Yeah, every time I've seen Brian Ortega fight, I've always See, thought... See, my, my butt puckered there yeah. because he yeah, Ortega's uh, finished a couple of fights recently with a guillotine. Right. Especially that last one where he, like, changed handles mid... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he just re-gripped it. But, yeah, when I used to watch Brian Ortega, I'd be like, man, I want him to win so bad, I just don't think he's going to. And then he would just come out of nowhere and win. Yeah, he trained... You know, too, he trains with... Um, Henner. Gra yeah, Henner Gracie yeah. out of Gracie Torrance, the guy that does the Gracie breakdowns. Bamp starts yep. him with that hook. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, that uppercut. Another uppercut. Oh, and Frankie. I will never the, call Brian Ortega an underdog dude, again. That last uppercut lifted him off of the ground. Yeah. Did you see uh did you see that funny ass man, uh meme? We've been jokingly calling it a meme. What? Somebody at the gym calls it a meme. Oh yeah, uh, a meme about what though? Um, about Frankie Edgar getting punched in the face like that. Hold on, I gotta sort through uh, my my photogs here. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Okay, this is this is Frankie. There's a picture of Frankie Edgar getting punched in the face. No, I'm just kidding. Oh That's yeah, a picture of a cat <laughs> yeah. punching another. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, but okay, this edible ain't shit. Forty five minutes later. <laughs> 
too much. It's Frankie on the ground with his yeah. face. Like the, and then the shot of that uppercut, just jacking his head up off of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. That's, um, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I shared a Lomachenko fight when he's still amateur where he, where he hopped out on the angle and threw an uppercut under the dude's arm and then a hook to the front of his face. Yeah, I didn't see it. So sick. So sick. Um, but just like a leaping hook, uh, get an angle. Dude got hit so hard. So the uppercut will stand you up mm-hmm. like this, and then that hook will hit you. And if you get up, if you get at the angle and go under their arm, instead of hit, like a hook will hit you in the jaw, right? But instead of hitting you in the jaw, it will hit you in the front of the face. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Did you like, see the uh, Deontay Wilder? Uh, I saw highlights. No, I didn't watch the whole fight. I, did, I, went, I saw the highlights. Yeah. That's all I saw. Yeah. I uh, you saw Dana White's son had his boxing yeah. debut. Yeah. I saw and that. they were all wearing Zufa boxing T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, you said Tyron Woodley earlier, um, and he's allegedly trying training to Floyd, Floyd. Mayweather yeah. for the upcoming fight. Yeah, what do you think about that? Have they announced that Floyd's fighting Connor? No. They have they have announced not. who Floyd's fighting? No, but okay. Like, do so you think they're going to risk giving him a tune-up fight and him losing it? I don't know. I think uh, so. I could be butchering this, and if you haven't seen this yet, Big John McCarthy was on the Church of What's Happening Now. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. It's really good. It's only like an hour and a half long or something. Yeah. But Big John is like, um, says that when they did the Mayweather fight, that Connor got into some, that Connor got Dana White to sign some sort of a contract in which had a clause in it called like a champion clause. <coughs> And basically, it said that because Connor was the 155 champ at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time he fought Floyd. Yeah. Because he'd beat Eddie Alvarez. So he's like, hey, I'm going to step out and make you a lot of money and me both to fight Floyd Mayweather in boxing. We're going to co promote this. He's Connor's promoter now, too. Uh, and so. But you can't, while I'm doing that, you can't strip me of the title. Mm-hmm. He's, like, still under that contract. Maybe that contract was for a year or something. But that's why, to right now, uh, apparently this clause in this contract, and I could be kind of jacking up what Big John is saying. Yeah. These people can listen to that episode. Um, is that that's the reason Connor hasn't been stripped. So he could show up uh, at the... At, Khabib fight or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be an interim. It, that'll be an interim fight, and then yeah. he'll just stay the champ. I don't know what they're going to do, but Floyd's definitely not and doesn't need to fight Connor's first fight in the UFC. No, I could see him fighting like a CM Punk. That's what they've been hyping, but yeah. I don't know. Like a celebrity death match. Did, that, so did you ever see Scott Stapp versus Eddie Vedder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, it was the greatest. Yeah. It was the freaking greatest. Uh, celebrity Deathmatch, what a great drop, dude. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know, like, if you, because I know they want him in there for his draw, for what, how many viewers would watch Floyd Mayweather, but I just, do you think that Floyd Mayweather can resist getting taken down long enough to win a fight? <sighs> Probably not. I mean, it depends on who he fights. Yeah. And and uh, so it's like classic example when Randy Couture fought James Tony. Like, Randy's like, I ain't fucking around with you. You're a sick-ass boxer. Like, took yeah. him down immediately, dumped him with a single leg of some kind. Um, 
I think it was just like a run the pipe or something like but he takes him down at the simple single passes uh gets past his legs puts him an arm over choke arm triangle done yeah because like purple belt gets a hold of floyd mayweather and takes him down like floyd mayweather is an amazing athlete yeah there's that i mean it just depends too on like how i mean floyd there's rumors that he's been training for like uh years and I, as far as i know he has people in his gym that do mma mm-hmm. so um I, probably a minority but uh where oh, i doubt he's just stepping into a cold yeah exactly and he's going to put in a camp but he is he's 42 years old um the thing about mma is damage is a lot more distributed across the body mm-hmm. but with t- smaller gloves and his fragile ass baby hands i mean yeah. as connor said um just yeah. do, 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 does your hands hurt when it gets cold <laughs> floyd <laughs> yeah. best shit talker on the planet oh my god um and then too just like just like those iconic sayings like gsp like i'm not the best behavior performance yeah. Um, like that's like now now that that saying is who the fook. Yeah. Who the <laughs> fuck is that guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What a character. Dude, so he's awesome. But I think that that's the direction that the industry is moving and it's just this more entertainment based than competition based. Yeah. That's yeah. why um that's why Bellator's selling right now. And that's view. why the WWE makes money. Uh, there's a lot of people, um, myself included, and my friend Colby, that think that the WWE is going to buy out Zufa. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, word on the street is possibly that... Um, so the UFC on Fox deal was not renewed because Disney bought Fox, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know. That's what I heard. Yeah. I know that the UFC on Fox deal has not been renewed. Well, the word on the street is the number one prospect for to replace the sports entertainment side of the UFC on Fox is WWE. Wow. What does that do for the integrity of the sport? Like, because you're going to have... It makes it it more about entertainment. It's like... yeah. I wish I wish it were more league based mm-hmm. myself. Like I've talked about on some of the MMA shows that we've done about like this idea of a league within the league. Matt Brown talked about it, um, but it's like, and I th- I think the Fertitta brothers in some way on the back end are, have their hands wrapped around the neck of Bellator somehow, like yeah. controlling things over there. But um, I think that. Um, Entertainment is what they have seen sells. Yeah. Sexy ass people like Sage Northcutt, or, or, who looks like Zach Morris, and Dolph Lundgren. I don't know who Dolph Lundgren is. Rocky Four, the oh. Russian. Yeah. 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 It, let's just say Rocky Four, the Russian, combined with like a 15 year old Zach Morris from Say by the Bell. Yeah. He could be a great looking person. And his hair is great. And people, they like looking at him. Yeah. And that sells. People liked looking at Ronda, Ronda Rousey pull her spandex out of her vagina to pull him down. People like looking at Mackenzie Dern's asshole. Yeah. Hashtag Joey Diaz. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did, did you hear Joe Rogan and Brendan Schwab talking about that on the MMA show? Joe, Joe was trying to, like, skirt over it, and he was like, well, for what we're talking about is... Um, jo- Joey Diaz, the comic, made some comments about her 
derriere. <laughs> you could just look at Joey as t- Joey Diaz tweet. Like, you know what? Every MMA outlet jumped all over that. Like, hit, that tweet has been reached more people because of people writing articles about it yeah. than it ever would have on his. And thus, as a result, Joey Diaz is making money. Yeah, I mean that's how it works. Like, um, like Joey Diaz gets paid off hits basically and performances right. and stuff too. But that's like he has a super successful podcast that ma- that makes enough money to keep that you and I could both live off the money yeah. that his podcast makes. Right. So he think he's like five hundred episodes in or something, five six hundred. I don't know what number he's on. I know that the girl that Mackenzie fought. I wasn't mad at looking at her either. Yoder, she was beautiful. Yeah, she's uh, she's lost three in a row now, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you got coming up, dude? Anything um, uh, you've mentioned? Because uh, I talked to you about coming on. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just in school. He'll be able to come anytime, anytime I want. <laughs> and you're like, dude, here's my calendar. It's full of shits, and yeah. I don't know if I can come. Well, uh, they're about to. So I submitted for comedy festival the stand-up roundup competition in dallas it's a five thousand dollar winner take all tournament fuck yeah dude so i submitted for that they're announcing the uh top 40 the people that get to go on wednesday or thursday i don't remember which but um while this whole week so starting wednesday i will be in the comedy march madness competition in miami oklahoma at the looney saloon it's like 40 30 something comics going to that and it's another tournament to where just a competition to top four get paid so dude maybe cowboy bear could be your alter ego cowboy bear yeah bear the cowboy yeah the comic bear the cowboy yeah but i'm not just a cowboy i'm so many different things that's my problem i have way too many alter egos man yeah me too but you know i just like i feel like somebody my guest yesterday was like he's like you pretty much crafted your interest really well and yeah. like where you get release in all directions and yeah. i'm like yeah dude that was the plan because like with the shows i do on the podcast mm-hmm. i guess i don't know i'm sure you riff on all the shit that you're into too you right know? and so i've got that coming up that competition and then i also submitted for the world series of comedy and so i'll be at the looney saloon or the looney bin in little rock for their satellite and hopefully get into oh hey the world series um, oh i got an idea what you got anything going on may 5th may 5th i'm in kansas oh cinco de mayo for mexican room no worries i was gonna say so I'll, I'll give you 50 bucks if you come tell some jokes at the boxing show yeah well uh i don't have any clean jokes right now yeah so yeah i mean you got six weeks you could yeah on some kid-friendly boxing jokes. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, no, good. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, you're all over the place, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And you already know, like, so that's how I work, too. It's like, I, like, people, it's like when you start talking to me about needing to come support your event or something, I'm like, you realize my next 90 days is scheduled right. about six weeks ago. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, we try and stay three to four months ahead. Dude, I've started noticing that, like, I'm not getting pop culture references anymore. I'm not, I don't know anything about any TV shows that people talk about. Yeah, I bet, like, I bet you, I within your time. niche you do. Yeah, within my, yeah. Because, like, I mean, how much good shit do we hear about on the podcast that we have only mentioned today? 
yeah, church for what's happening now. I don't know if you watch the. I hadn't watched the Ovans yet, but I'm going yeah. to just because I love his hair and his shirt without arms. References. Well, podcasts are perfect because you can listen to them on the way to a show. Yeah. That do that on the in the mornings on the way to the university when I'm t- I teach morning class Tuesday Thursday. So yeah. works out fantastically. I love it. Uh, so outside uh, uh, outside of that, what uh, any other uh, exciting things that people should be um, on the lookout for? No, that's uh, I've been working on acting. So if you see anything going on, I'm I got an audition after this. Cool. So I'm like gonna, for something local. Or? Yeah, it's a another play at Tech and doing the student one act. So they have like nine directors, and then mm-hmm. they all have. From what I've been explained, it's like a fake Monopoly money. So they give them each like five hundred bucks, and then all the actors come in and audition, and they pay out who that for who they want, so that you know. Not one person doesn't get like the three most wanted actors, so they divvy it up that way. So kind of like picking a kickball team when you're in grade school. Yeah. So I'm doing that, and then I'm trying to get in. One of my friends, she uh, acting all over the place, and is about apparently has a show that's about to start filming for Netflix. She goes to Tech, and so I'm trying to get in with her to just get more experience and more connections. Yeah, because right now I'm pretty much the open micer of acting. And yeah, which it was funny because during the Romeo and Juliet, I uh, was just in the first scene and then I kept improvising stuff and the director just kept letting me do it. And so I ended up being in that scene. I was in a scene where I ended up improvising a love interest because I was a, in the background of one of the Capulets dances. And then there was another uh, actor in there. And so I was like, improvise that. And then the story turned out to be Romeo and Juliet and Gregory because then I'm in Juliet's death scene with right after Juliet dies. I'm the one that comes in and discovers it. So, shout out to Balthazar. Yeah, one of my kids who did too. He's a total savage. Yeah, Arliss. Dude, he's cool, and uh, he's got great hair. But then a lot of it got cut because for time, and because yeah. it was, you know, it's obviously not Romeo and Juliet and Gregory. So I tried, I acted Should my be. ass off. Should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's cool. You're into acting, man. Uh, Cora's done a lot of Shakespeare. Um, she's got uh, a lot of books on theater there in the uh, office. When's her next fight? This weekend. Ooh. Holy shit. Yeah, where's it at? Uh, Batesville. So, yeah. Uh, it's a couple hours away. I just yeah. know Cersei. So, uh, yeah, she's fighting um, a girl that's, like, going to be on, like, American Ninja Warrior. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But um, the girl, like, uh, as far as we know, does not do, really has not been doing striking. And so, I mean, Cora's a purple belt. This girl's a blue belt, but she got her blue belt in, like, 10 or 12 months or some shit. Yeah. Like, something fake. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, I will never, ever, fucking ever yeah. give you a blue belt in 10 months. Yeah. I might. I don't know. But I, mean, uh, but like I, I feel like, a, like, right now, it doesn't exist in me. Like... Like, you know what does exist? Like an 18-month blue belt. Like, I'm I'm going to give probably a couple 18-month blue belts to some above-average human beings because it's about two years. It took me more than two years to get my blue belt because my first, uh, like, year and a half, I did no gi only. And then we started a gi program uh, at the school that I was training at. So, uh, in my view, like, when I hear someone got and it's like, she's probably good. She's going to be a Ninja Warrior. She's probably strong. But, like, Core is a two-time amateur kickboxing <coughs> champion. Right. Won three fights in two days and beat a combined, like, the number of fights that two of the girls she fought that weekend had 
And it's like, yeah, Shakur did lose her last fight to a decision, but it's like every time that the fight would kind of pick up, Shakur would start thumping on this girl. She would just like storm in, clench her, push her yeah, on the cage, cage, and hold her in. Yeah. It's just like three rounds of that. She was like the first or second fight on the card, amateur. Ref wouldn't pull it off. Yeah. Um, the girl didn't try any takedown attempts. That girl had had like 10 fights, though. This girl is a debut. We're not taking her lightly. Corey's been trained super hard. Hell yeah. She's going to be strong. But I just don't see. I, it's almost like I don't even think it, it, it's. If Cora puts hands on her, mm -hmm. it's not going to be good for that girl. If that girl can turn it into a grappling contest, it'll be more even. Yeah. But they are like, it's almost not fair putting someone that doesn't strike or that has only been doing striking, like, let's just say as long as she's done jiu-jitsu when Cora's been doing as much striking as she has. Right. And, I mean, look, everybody says a puncher's chance. Everybody stands a puncher's chance. Like I said, I don't, we don't take it lightly. But um, it seems um, ill-advised. Yeah. I wouldn't – I would not – I would not – let my person debut against Cora. Yeah. It seems that crazy. Even, seems if, like they, even if they were a badass 10-month yeah. blue belt and totally earned it. And, uh -uh. Yeah, but what, uh, what about you? Are you still doing tournaments and stuff? I, I haven't competed in like 18 <coughs> months or two years or something. Why so not? I just don't have an interest in doing it anymore. Like yeah. I really, um, in hindsight, I never really competed because I enjoyed it. Uh, I was just doing it to like validate my product, and which – like, I just don't even feel the need to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I competed, like, so many times. It was, uh, I just got kind of burned out on it. And, like, one day, it was Tulsa Nationals two years ago. So, I guess it's been, it's been two whole years. I just, like, I walked out and I competed injured. Like, my back was a little jacked up. Mm -hmm. And I'd just seen widespread panic the night before. And that was super good. And I just like doing stuff like seeing widespread panic and then not doing a jiu-jitsu tournament the next day yeah. while I'm injured. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I haven't been having any fun. And it's not fun anymore. So I was just like, I'm fucking done. Like, I sat down in the car after that, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done doing this. I'm not going to do it anymore. And like, I, I just, you. like, called all my sponsors and told them I'm not going to compete anymore. And yeah. just like, I was just, like, done with it. And, like, I knew the moment I was done with it. Like, I'd been getting kind of burnt out, and I was just, like, after that event, I was like, man, fuck this. I'm like. Well, that's good, though, that you, you knew that, and you're like, you know what? This is, I'm done with this. Time to do something else. Time to Yeah, well, and it's, like, not like it doesn't, like, it's not like I do jujitsu any less. Right. I mean, you're running the school, and you exactly. love to train. And I still, like, the, I get I put that, that energy into other things. Yeah. You know, and it's way more rewarding, pay, and, and it. I don't know, it's just it's more fulfilling for me as a person. So yeah. anyway. But yeah. That's uh that, that's competition with Cora's. She's been consistently competing. She's be her second MMA fight in the last few months. Yeah. Um I'm probably gonna have her on just do an episode with her where she can talk about I mean she no she she never thought she'd be doing anything like this. She's yeah. twenty five, owns a gym, a house, um, has a theater degree. Uh, has a uh, also has a double degree in theater and in history. Um, she's she can do whatever she wants, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So the fight's in Batesville. This 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 uh, this Saturday in Batesville at like seven o'clock or something. She's like one of the first couple of fights. Where at in Batesville? 
Uh, that get the community center. Is there a community center there? Do you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. I've been to that community center. I'm yeah. going to be there this weekend. Oh, really? Well, how much are tickets? Uh, like 20, 25 bucks. 25 is the yeah. cheapest. Yeah. Okay. There. So this competition that I'm in this week, it's if I'm eliminated before Saturday, I'll be in Batesville this weekend. Oh but if gosh. I'm in the finals, then I'll be in Miami on Saturday. So if my if I get beat out of my competition, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome. Well, hopefully you're still kicking ass. But yeah, yeah, uh, that'll be cool. I guarantee you can get tickets to the door the day okay. of. Um, they might even mark them down to people yeah. coming in the day of. Who knows? Cool. I don't know if they do that. But um, it is to be a good night of fights, no matter what. There's some. Um, People fighting from Louisiana on the card that are pretty legit. From uh, see, I've never been to a live fight before. Oh yeah, it's fun, yeah. dude. And this—I don't think there's going to be alcohol at this event. I was yeah. going to say, and there's beer, <laughs> but I don't think there's beer. Yeah, pretty sure baseball's dry. I think it mistaken. is. Yeah, I think they have the next one in Cersei. Yeah. So I'll be but, in Cersei on March 31st doing the. Do you know who the Clyde brothers are? They're a comedy. They do stand up out of Little Rock. Well, they're twins. And they're doing their funniest guys in the womb t- uh, recording. They're taping their specials. So I'm going to that and maybe getting a guest spot there, hopefully. Stay on your grind, dude. Yep. You spend a lot of time on the phone, like email, booking appointments, making contacts, hustling people. Most of it is Facebook Messenger f- with other comics. That's where most of it happens because, like, comics want to work with people they like. They want to work with friendly people that are willing to help them and you help each other. And, like, the more inviting you are like that and the more open you are the more connections you make the more you get booked right and on. like and you can smell the bullshit artists that is that are doing it to just kiss your ass doing it just because they know that they're they're trying to get something from you like you can tell real quickly who's like that i was trying to get something from you a minute ago dog i'm like <laughs> hey i got an event coming up are you yeah. free <laughs> yeah. um yeah Oh my! I got fifty bucks, bro. You said you did fifty bucks. A, you said you did for a cheeseburger yeah. shot earlier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get you on the low. In yeah. like two years, you're gonna be like doing like big spots. Be like, yeah, motherfucker, fifty. That'd bucks. be nice. But dude, there's no. I I think that if there's something you're passionate about, there's no way you can fail. Um, it, it worst case, worst comes to worst, you will not be appreciated in your own time. Yeah future generations listening to this podcast however episodes three and i wish 16 yeah that would be nice see um i feel like i'm over the fear of bombing because i've bombed so much now power in that like like i don't care if i bomb i'm I'm that way in jujitsu man yeah it's like because if i mess something up it's like oh i forgot to do that of course that's why it happened and then i then it goes from a Oh man, this happened to why did this happen? And then it's a game. It's like, how do I turn that around and never do that again? That's the same way, uh, rolling that uh, I explain things to people. It's like, so you got submitted. Um, why did that happen? Yeah. Reverse engineer it. Yep. Figure it out. What's going wrong here? You yep. keep getting submitted with arm bars all the time. Or this like, punchline doesn't work in front of anybody. Like, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, every time I try triangle, it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm like what? What's going on? Like yeah. I- I- introspection, you know. And then you can also tell the people that, uh, oh, that's just not my crowd, or oh, the crowd was this, the crowd was that. That's the person that's throwing a triangle the same way every time to all different types of people, 
and never getting it and then blaming it on the opponent. Well, I didn't get the triangle because of this, or I didn't get it because of that. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, like, but that's the stats, like the Michael Jordan stat. I'm going to look that up. I meant to look it up yesterday. But, like, the number of times Jordan threw it up um, versus the number of times he made it, Michael Jordan's statistics. Yeah. Um, man, I do not have good short-term memory. I have good memory. I like. I feel like I have like immaculate memory. Have you heard Rogan's quote on it? It's my favorite Rogan quote of all time. No. He says, "I smoke a lot of weed, which means I have a good memory, but I also don't." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, that's a great way of uh, putting it. Honestly, yeah. Uh, uh, so statistics, um, career. Yeah, um, he has one. I don't even think he said this, but he was the first person I heard say it, and I use it to describe jujitsu all the time. He's like, "You do this, he does that. You do this, he does that, forever." forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's such a good way of describing yeah. it. I'm yeah. trying to find like Michael jo- uh, Michael Jordan the number of times he threw the ball up versus how many times he made it versus the number of times he made it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find it because it's a it's it's an awesome stat because you're like, damn, you are just known as it because you kept showing up, you worked hard, and you tried all the time to win. You see, I uh, now imagine Michael Jordan. Imagine if he like had a spot on the court, he knew he would make the shot. Like there was no doubt that he would make the shot. For a comedian, that's what a joke that you know works is. And for me, I'm trying to – I've got a bit now that I do that I feel like I do too much because it, it goes really well. No matter where I do it at, it always gets laughs. And I'm stuck in writing it like I haven't evolved it any. And so I'm trying to leave it alone and not do it just to A, so it's not in my mind so I can hit it again fresh to make it funnier. And, but also because, like, you're not getting better doing that. You're not putting yourself out there. You're not taking a chance. You're not working new material. And that's something that Ralphie May, um, one of his advice, he uh, there's a YouTube video that a comic sent me that he uh, was giving advice to open micers. And Ralphie May's like, it's a game. And you get up there and you say, if I tell a new joke, five points. If I rearrange something, two points. If I change a punchline, one point. Every time you go on stage, come off with X amount of points. Come off with 12 try points. Try to make an A. Yeah, try to make, try to make 12 points or try to make whatever. And then he's like, if you've got something that's killing and you know it's killing, like you do it in a uh, – there's a difference between doing it and like doing it lazily and doing it to work on it. And it, only you know what that is. Like you know if you're doing it because you're being lazy and you don't want to write something else or if you're doing it yeah, because keeping, you're – Yeah, keeping mentally engaged. Right. Instead of just like, cause I mean, some people, it, it's just to use the jujitsu analogy again, because I know you've I've done some rolling, uh, so you know what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. like people that come into the gym um, and they uh, they roll, they get smashed, they don't correct anything, and they come back and they roll again and they get smashed and they also don't correct anything. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, hey, I, get, I keep, this keeps happening, I got to revise that. Um, so, but some people just mindlessly keep doing the same shit. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I see it. And, and I'm like, hey, uh, for a I comic, that's this. death. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like a crowd can feel when you're not in the moment. And so, like, if somebody drops a plate of dishes in the back and you don't address it, you, you look like you're reciting. You don't look like you're 
like in the moment live. And a lot of what makes stand up comedy is that even though it's been performed a hundred times and you know it inwards and outwards, it feels fresh. It feels like you're just now thinking of it. And so if something happens and you're not in the moment, then the audience feels that and you lose them. You know, if I were a stand-up comedian, what I would start my act off with right now is this. Every time. The circle game, bro. Yeah. The finger circle game. I don't know if you could see that on the frame, but... He just got all of you. Below the waist. Yeah. You looked. <laughs> I don't need to hit you. It's gratifying enough. That <laughs> but, dude, that is so popular right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> we did that in the army to each other all the time. Oh, dude, I did it in eighth grade to each other. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, back in the junior high days, it was uh, it was all the rave. Yeah. Well, uh, dude, exciting times. Glad things are uh, going uh, awesomely for you and what what have you. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, dude. Uh, again, uh, keep me posted if you got anything exciting coming up. Let me know. Oh and, yeah. Um, Hopefully, we'll I get in on. World Series. I'll let you know. You can come if you watch. do, let me know, um, and we can get we can have you back on to pump it, or have you back on. And if you get any video, we can throw some video up. I'll link all your stuff on your social yeah. again. You want to give me plugs or anything before we wrap it up? Um, just my social media is at Bear the Comic B A I R. It's spelled funny. I was sad when, but I mean, I'm not sad. It just like it's good. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make a new thumbnail for the next one that is better than the last one. Okay. But it will still be good. Okay. Maybe I'll use this because we have this yeah, now. Yeah, we got this now. This works perfectly. Yeah, so, yeah, last time you came, I hadn't even got, I hadn't had the room lit and I hadn't figured out how to get my audio right the way I wanted it. I um, thought you did that on purpose, like not have the lights on. I was like, this is awesome. It's like like intimate setting. Yeah, I, I know. I wanted zone. that, but it's just a little, like, I, I haven't figured out. I'm not a lighting. Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew did this for me. Yeah. I'm not a lighting genius. But that stuff, like you hang around that theater department, dude, you're going to pick it up mm -hmm. for sure. Um, that's I got to do some tech work uh, over the years in the theater department. And yeah. Know Ardith and, and some of the folks from tech. So Cool. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. Um, check out Bear the Comic. Check out his web. Uh, you you, oh, you have a website now. Yes. Right? Uh, it has it, yeah, it is kinda, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah, I think you got that up since last time you were on, right? Right. It's uh, bearcomic.wixsite.com forward slash home. All right. Hey, but if you go to my social media, there's a link to it there. Cool, so you cool. can link through it through my Instagram bio or anything like that. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, signing off. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. you.